0: Our gospel for today is from John, the first chapter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our high school youth group, also known as Oasis, meets on Sunday nights. Roughly twice a month, we go out and do a fun activity off-site, and twice a month, we hang out here at the church, and Danielle leads us in a Bible discussion and activity, and then we play games usually grog, sardines, or apples to apples. This past Sunday, we were here at the church, and Danielle was talking about the story of Jesus' baptism from Mark. She invited two of our youth out to act out the parts of John the Baptist and Jesus as she read. When she came to the part where Jesus was baptized, she read, the moment he came out of the water, he saw the sky split open and God's spirit looking like a dove come down on him, along with the spirit of voice. You are my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. Now I have to say, I'm not doing Danielle's voice justice. To me, it was a dead ringer for the mice and Cinderella. It was awesome. And of course, we all just cracked up laughing By the way, I asked Danielle first if I could share this story and she said it was okay, so. However, this brought up a really good point that she was trying to make. No one knows what God's voice really sounded like that day. We often think of God's voice as a big, booming male voice, probably because of movies like The Ten Commandments. But throughout scripture, God speaks in a variety of ways, through visions and dreams, through a still, small voice, sheer silence. And God is even described as a mothering figure caring for her babies. So perhaps God does have more of a high-pitched voice after all. Well, all three of our readings for today talk about ways in which God calls us, talks to us, communicates with us in daily life. And the ways in which God communicates with us are very different because we are all different also. As our psalm for today points out, God knows us intimately because God created us. The psalmist writes, For you yourself created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I will thank you because I am marvelously made. Your works are wonderful, and I know it well. My body was not hidden from you while I was being made in secret and woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my limbs, yet unfinished in the womb. All of them were written in your book. My days were fashioned before they came to be. God knows us better than we even know ourselves. And God knows that we all listen, learn, and understand things in different ways. And I believe God speaks to us accordingly. You wouldn't necessarily use scientific jargon to talk to an artist or a chef. And you wouldn't necessarily use adult concepts like taxes or politics to talk to a five-year-old. And as many of us can attest to, our kids use an entirely different language these days. And even in schools, there's a new language for math and other concepts that we, different than what we used to use when we were younger. Honestly, when my uh, 11-year-old son talks to me about science, Lego robotics, or coding, I have no idea what he's talking about half the time. I am not smarter than a fifth grader, just FYI. But the point is, we all have different gifts and experiences, and so we all hear and experience God differently. And that's shown in our lessons for today as well. In our Old Testament lesson for today, we hear the story of God calling the young boy Samuel in the temple. Now, to give you a little bit of context, Samuel's mother, Hannah, was barren and desperately wanted to have a child. So she prayed to God, telling God that if God gave her a child, she would dedicate the child to the service of the Lord. In other words, he would live in and grow up in the temple under the care of the priest, As the story goes Hannah did finally have a son named Samuel and she did dedicate to the temple her son under the care of the priest Eli. Eli however was not the greatest priest. His sons did all manner of things that shouldn't have been done dishonoring and respecting God disrespecting God excuse me and others and Eli didn't do anything to stop them. And so God had already told Eli that he would not be a priest for much longer and that his family line would not be able to continue in this role as leaders and servers of the house of God. So Eli knew something was coming and he knew that he really wasn't fulfilling his purpose. And it's because of this, and many other circumstances, too, that it says the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and visions were not widespread. So, we know that Eli was not necessarily the best priest. We know that Hannah was barren, which the world at that time would have considered a punishment from God for some sin committed. And so she would have been an outcast in her community. And we know that her son Samuel was raised by Eli in the temple. And Eli doesn't sound like was the best father. And yet, as appears to be God's MO frequently in scripture, God chooses these unlikely people at this unlikely time, place, and circumstance to speak. And not to an adult but to Samuel, who was most likely 12 years old, according to historical records. And once again, we don't know what God sounded like to Samuel. We don't even know if it was an audible voice, since he was the only one who heard it. But what impresses me even more is what both Samuel and Eli do with the message that the Lord gave to Samuel. First Samuel was understandably nervous, because Eli would have been like a father to him and didn't want to give him bad news. So he could have lied. He could have hidden the truth or just not said anything at all. And Eli, who again knew what was coming and probably suspected what sort of message this would be, still encouraged him to speak freely and tell the truth. Not to mention was the one who recognized that God was speaking to Samuel in the first place and had to tell Samuel who it was. In my opinion, both Eli and Samuel were very brave in this instance, open to telling the truth and being honest, as well as open to hearing the truth no matter how difficult it might be. This was an important moment in Jewish history because Samuel would go on to anoint David as king, also as a young boy, if you recall, who grew up to be one of the greatest kings that Israel ever knew, whose lineage God chose to enter into in the human form of Jesus. Though it can be difficult sometimes to talk about faith and spirituality, it is amazing how infectious, powerful, and life-changing it can be to do so. This is evident in our gospel reading for today as well. Our story for today is actually the third of three consecutive stories in John about Jesus calling his first disciples. First, John points out to his disciples that he sees Jesus. He identifies Jesus. That guy over there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the one who is the Son of God, the one I've been talking about, the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And this leads John's disciples to follow him, and follow Jesus, excuse me, and asked to join him. To which Jesus responds, come and see. Second, one of John's disciples, then Andrew, invites his brother Simon to come and see the guy who John had pointed out, identifying Jesus now as the Messiah that they had been waiting hundreds of years for. So he goes and sees Jesus, knowing who Simon is even before he speaks a word and gives Simon a new name, Peter. Interesting fact, by the way, the name Simon can either mean hearing or listening in Hebrew or flat-nosed in Greek. And it was apparently a very common name back then. I wonder if it was maybe even a derogatory term, I'm not sure. But perhaps the fact that Jesus gave Simon the name Peter, which means rock or stone, the one who is strong, was something that Peter needed to hear and feel about himself in order to be confident in his own hearing of Jesus, be confident in his faith and share that with others. And then we come to our story for today, where Jesus leaves Nazareth, which had become his home and where everyone knew him, and goes to Galilee, which would have been a four-day hike over the mountains, and immediately finds Philip, and invites Philip to follow him, which Philip does. Then Philip finds his friend, Nathaniel, and tells him about Jesus. But Nathaniel is uncertain, a little critical, needs proof, asking, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I've got to say, I'm kind of a Nathaniel in this case. If someone came up to me and said, hey, this guy is the son of God. He's so cool. You got to come check him out. I'd be like, I'm good, thanks. Thanks. So Philip just simply invites him, come and see. And then, like with Peter, even before Nathanael says one word, Jesus knows him and praises him for being a good and honest person. And because Nathanael needs a little bit more proof, Jesus even identifies where Nathanael had been, right under the fig tree. Perhaps this was a favorite spot of his, who knows? And that lets Nathaniel know that Jesus truly knows who he is. Today, as we think about and hear these stories, I think there are two things that are important for us to consider. First, all of the characters in these stories are very different and had various life experiences. Hannah, Eli, Eli's sons, Samuel, John the Baptist, Jesus, John's unnamed disciples, as well as Andrew, Simon Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel. And of course, the psalmist who recognizes the unknown powerful ways in which God has influenced their life from the very beginning. Can you relate to any of these characters? And most importantly, note that God works in and through all of them, through average, ordinary people, And works through them in unique ways even though that they may have felt as though they totally messed up and i truly believe because of this that everyone has a purpose that's what god's grace is all about second similar to the time of the story of samuel when god's word was not spoken as much in those days and similar to nathaniel's skepticism It's not uncommon today to hear Christians say, well, God doesn't really speak in the world today, or at least not like God did back then with visions and great acts like the parting of the Red Sea. And while there might be some truth to that, perhaps God is still speaking today, but maybe we have trouble recognizing God when we do hear or experience God or see God, like Samuel had trouble identifying who God was. Perhaps we are expecting God to show up in a certain way, like a big booming voice or an important leader, when instead God might be speaking to us differently through a child or the person you might least expect or a squeaky mouse voice, inviting you to come and see. By the way, if you ever want to help out or even just check out Oasis, here's your invitation. Talk to Danielle. Danielle, wave back there. Woohoo! she's back in the sound booth. You will not be disappointed, let me tell you. But it's interesting that in the Lutheran church especially, we don't often talk about or hear visions and talk about God's word and spirituality as much. In fact, other than Martin Luther and his contemporaries and companions, we as Lutherans don't really talk about spirituality much, as all, much at all. In fact, there's a joke that's going around that says when we talk to God, it's called prayer, but when God call, talks to us, it means we're schizophrenic. I don't know if you've heard that before. So of course, we don't always think about ways in which we see or hear God in the world. But I can tell you that I have experienced God in a number of different ways, through dreams, out in nature, on a hike, a drive, or a bike ride. Sometimes I just get a feeling like I need to go somewhere in particular, though I don't understand why. And then I meet someone who needs to talk or who I can talk to. Sometimes it's a powerful smell that brings me back to people, places, and memories that are important to me, and that remind me of God's presence. And sometimes it's not so obvious in the moment, but then looking back, I can see God at work. And I know for a fact, even with all of these, that I'm sure I've missed times when God was trying to tell me something and I just didn't hear it. But I can tell you for certain that God is very much still active and speaking in the world today. The challenge is to figure out how God might be communicating to you and through you, and then have the courage to accept the invitation to come and see. Amen. Please rise in mind, body, or spirit as you are able for our hymn of the day.